0: To yeah, I'm that
1: Welcome to the Realtor Lady. I'm Michelle Riplogo. I have asked two favorite colleagues of mine, of that I used to work with at Bailey Properties, Bill McCowan and Kurt Abramson. They have lots of wisdom to share today. We don't really have much of an outline. We're just gonna talk about changes in the industry, kind of goof off a little bit. And what we're seeing out there, uh, I have been seeing a lot of houses that have the same problems, wondering if they're seeing them. And then, yeah, we get bored. We'll just make fun of each other like we have in the past. So there we are. Okay. L and Kurt. Take it away. Bill, what are you seeing out there? What What do you think is going on? Things are pretty crazy right now.
0: Kurt. Bill. She
2: asked you, Bill. Well, oh, I thought you said Kurt. <laughs> <laughs> Old guys rule, but they don't hear well. <laughs> okay. What do
0: I see out there? I see a crazy market. Uh, and after we you set this up, Michelle, I was kind of thinking about this. <laughs> You know, back in the day, when things were normal, if you want to call it normal, you know, two agents would battle it out back and forth. There was some bumps and bruises on a home. There was uh, some termites, a deck needed to be fixed, maybe a roof, maybe a credit, maybe the seller would fix it, maybe not. And then you negotiate that out. You had a 30 day escrow, a two to three week uh, contingency period to hash out some things. And that's all changed. Now it's a short fuse. You gotta take the termites, the rotten fence, the crappy roof, everything else, Yeah. close quickly, give them free rent, pay them cash, and do whatever the seller wants, and there's five, six, 10 people behind you, and you gotta pay 25 to $200,000 over the list price. Now, with all that being said, that's a tough sell to a first-time home buyer.
1: Yeah
0: hey, Bill, find me a house. Okay, well, let's sit down and talk about this. Yeah. Da, da 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 Where's your money coming from? Oh, by the way, don't be ashamed or discouraged if you're gonna get shot down, because you will get shot down. We'll go through this two or three times, and then you'll really figure it out, oh, you'll just give up.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, so, I, actually, um, I actually told a few buyers that they could probably count on a little bit of buyer fatigue later on in the season, and that might be their opportunity, just to, because I've seen this before, where we've had that hot spring and then by may it kind of quiets down a little bit when people actually leave the market but the other thing is we don't have anybody doing anything else they need to go go on vacation they need to go to family's house and fly other places and be distracted right now i think everybody's just home on
0: well covid
1: yeah so they're just micro focused
2: well, the, the the thing that's changed, too, is that people are have been freed up so much from, you know, the old constraints of I need to live close to work or, you know, any number of things. And so, I mean, that's what's certainly happening in Santa Cruz is we've become the spot of choice. It's the same thing in Tahoe, where everybody is buying. The worm is going to turn. And, you know, we see the same thing at the beach, as you'll see up in Tahoe, where once people own a property for a couple years, they start going, you know, I don't like it here that much. After all, it's too cold. There's too much snow, whatever it is. There's a, there's a reason that people will make a change. But right now it's extremely difficult to compete with all those folks who don't have the constraints that, that we're used to. Yeah,
1: it's, it's kind of tough to, you know, it's my own personal angst about saying you're going to have to make an as-is offer knowing, I've read that home inspection, great. You just mm-hmm. know what's going on with it. But to actually have to say, and you got to eat this, is just, it's just like we woke up this year and the whole market was just crazy.
0: Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's going at rapid speed. That's the thing that's yeah. scary and interesting.
2: <clears throat> Excuse me. I, I do think as we get a little farther into the season, it's going to level out a little bit just because there's no inventory right now. So I, I agree with Kurt, you know, yeah. everything that comes on to the market gets snapped up. I I don't know if you saw Byron closed yep. something in uh, Los Barrancos yesterday. Yep. Yeah. What the asking was what one three and the closing was one nine. Yep, that's crazy. And I, and I believe Byron represented both parties.
1: I did see that, I could just see his big grand too.
0: Yeah, I, I heard that there were a couple of uh, upset
1: agents on that one. <laughs> Imagine that! Yeah, yeah. that happened on Hall Street though over in c too. It was listed at 1395 and they. Told us if we wanted to compete, we'd have to come in at 1 9.
2: The uh, Hall Street? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And they were blown away by the offer that they got. Yeah. I don't know, though. I don't think so.
0: Well, I think Kurt's correct. I think it'll ease up, hopefully, when society gets more confidence about getting out and about. Right. You know, I think there's a lot of folks out there that want to sell their homes, but ooh, do I want people tromping through my home and ooh, COVID-19 and filling all this stuff up and wiping everything down and signs and forms and da 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 da. You know, the average Joe, you uh, us three, we can handle it, but the average home seller, eh, eh, I don't need to sell that bad. That's kind of scary. So I think once they get through that get their vaccination and feel confident and so forth, they may start stepping up the plate and we'll shoot, hopefully see more inventory. And also, this is kind of a wild card. I, I don't know how quite how to read this one. Prop 19. That's right. Will we, mm-hmm. see, will we see some goodness out of Prop 19? When I say goodness, more inventory.
1: Will we? I don't know. I don't know. I mean... People don't like people going through their houses anyway. So that's a strike against it right there and then you add COVID in. You're gonna take those people who really don't want people in the house while they're living there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They want you in a hazmat suit on a regular day anyway.
2: (laughs) Well, the good news is it doesn't take three months anymore. Yeah, it takes three It basically takes, you know, a weekend and boom, you're done.
1: Yeah, I sold Escalona last year during COVID in two days. Yeah, buyers had two other opportunities to see the property and then after that the sellers were like they can look in the windows I, I
0: sold uh-huh. my, little, my little condo in Seascape in one day I
2: know. yeah
0: and, 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 and that's the only window we had to actually view it I just you know put on remarks hey everybody you can see it Saturday 10 to 3 and that's it and it got shown and we had an offer by the end of the day <clears throat> but you know <clears throat> uh normal what's normal i don't know um yeah i i i would i would like to see this prop 19 thing get some legs on it and people moving around and that's what the name of the game is is to get the the dough moving through the system and buying up down moving towards you with your kids or close by grandkids uh downsizing whatever upsizing that's what i think prop 19 is really all about but the, the the proof will be in the pudding when it comes in the next two three four or five
1: months well there's a lot of backlash though i mean okay so the idea of prop 19 is basically you can move anywhere in the state and take your tax base with you there are a very general version of it um but then there's that rub of people who have properties and they want their kids to get that tax base that those kids are going to actually have to live there so that's a lot of the backlash on it
0: yeah there, there was there's good parts and bad parts to it but you know it's not so bad i don't think that's easy for me to say well,
1: yeah and i i mean i could be wrong my son lives in my our rental i mean i just thought that we would just adjust, adjust and that would become his wow. lives there i mean i don't know i having a bunch of properties and keeping a, a tax base so you, your kids can enjoy low low taxes while they get rent income i don't know
0: well, that that's not going to happen. I mean, if it's income property, the taxes are going to go up once they inherit it.
1: Exactly.
0: Or buy it from you or whatever. Yeah, that's an that's a, that's a interesting one, 19. Um, anyway, um, what else, Michelle?
1: What else? You guys miss broker tour?
0: I do. That was our thing. Yeah. The, the three amigos, Kurt, Bill, and Pete. Man, we would kick ass on the whole town and see all our buds and eat food
1: all day. It was great. I think um, I, I think it actually, I actually I think this hurt inventory really truly uh, for buyers, and probably sellers, is that we're not networking as much.
0: Oh, gosh, yes, I totally agree.
1: And, you know, every once in a while we have properties that the sellers would be just as happy to sell off market or sell at a very quick window, lot less pain to somebody that you know and trust. You know, I've, this agent I recommend. I know they'll bring a good buyer. That kind of stuff. We're losing those opportunities, and then we're always losing the opportunity to, to talk about listings that we have coming up as well. But the broker tour meeting on um, our board. Does we're not because of clear cooperation. We really can't talk about new listings much anymore because they have to be going on the market within the next day. Otherwise, you can't talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of industry stuff that actually cut. Cut us off at the knees in terms of how we how we move around the community and sell real estate to each other and i've seeing the-, you know, the one the one that
0: i really miss, and this is just a personal thing open houses i loved open houses they were great
1: <laughs> we're just talking about that wow.
0: i mean for, for me it, it was i got a ton of business over the years at open houses. I mean, good stuff. People walk in the front door, you click with them, bing, bang, boom. Next thing you know, you're selling them a house or you're listing their house. It's, it, I, I, that part, I really miss a lot. Some people go, oh, open houses, oh my God, I take my whole Saturday, I loved it. I really liked it.
2: That part you, know, of you know, Bill, I said the same thing. I, I love doing open houses, but I'm not missing them. Yeah. Because, I, I'm just at a stage where I just find better use for my those t- that time. Yeah, I hear you, Kurt. I mean, we're all changing our ways
0: with this whole the whole yeah. change, you know, which is yeah. good. But it's just it's going so fast, man. It's going fast. I guess I'm an old guy. Okay, I'll admit it again.
1: So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Kurt mentioned he's working with uh, past clients and I imagine you do too. Where are you getting your new business then? If you don't have open houses, where are you getting clients?
0: Uh, My, my old, my, my A-list, whatever you want to call it, you know, old clients, past clients. Oh, by the way, Bill, you were recommended blah, blah, blah. That's my whole world's referral.
2: Yeah. That's, that's what's happening with me now is that I'm, I'm working pretty much all with referrals. A couple of leads that have come in, but uh, referrals from past clients, referrals from neighbors, referrals from friends.
1: Right. Right. Well, The other
0: interesting, other interesting one that I'm seeing, Michelle, and I'm sure, she, sure you guys have too, are these brokerage outfits that even advertise on TV. They claim to be a number one top outfits and they're doing it for, you know, three and a half percent, keeping one percent and giving away two and a half percent. You know, it's like it's like back in what what, what year would it have been when uh, help you sell came along. Uh-huh. You know, we're seeing more and more of those all the time. Uh, there's some big shots over in Bay Area that, that do it for three and a half percent. Their volume is huge. They're keeping one percent but they're selling two, three, four, three, four, $5 million homes. Well, you know, you do a dozen of those at 1%, that ain't too bad. You know, it's a lot of work, but that's right. what they're advertising. And we haven't seen that for a while, but we see it now more in the current
1: climate.
2: Any, any time it's a strong seller's market, that's gonna get easier.
1: Yep. so anyway. They just can't write you know so you guys have been doing it longer i'm going in my 17th year and i notice every single year so i do a pretty good book of business pretty steady pace of business it just always just rolls along grows a bit each year. i kind of just go like that you know but there's mm-hmm. always this person that comes through one one or one company and then a couple agents and they come through this and they just kind of bulldoze everybody and then they kind of disappear. I watch it happen every year. There's just that one agent that gets a ton of business. And then I, the next year, I don't see him anymore. I just It's just, this town is kind of weird like that. There's always years. Yeah, I, I, think, I think that's just burnout. And then you just have this one person that just the one person gets a year. Like, I don't know, that's what I got. Well, it's,
0: it's, it, it, you, to keep the flow up like that, it's expensive. You know, you've got to spend a ton of dough.
2: Right. Well, and it takes the time to get the momentum going. But, you know, people's lives change, too. I mean, I think back to, you know, the hot shot of the year, going back one or three or, you know, whatever number of years. And, you know, some of them are out of the business. Some of them are home raising babies. or They're in a different business now. So, you know, this is... Uh, a very demanding business and people get excited about the, the money potential, but they don't realize A, it takes a ton of work. It takes a ton of, of leg time and logistics and all that. And um, unless you've got the funding to keep it going, it, it can be really tough.
0: Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think I think we are, the three of us, we're in a little different, we're in a, a better situation because we can ride things out and f- charge things up as we wish to do or not mm-hmm. wish to do. Uh, Alice and I were talking about this the other night. We're We're all seeing this. Just think of some of these younger agents, male or female, that have kids that are in grammar school, or high school for that matter, But they're not in school; they're home. Yeah. Their hands are so full. Oh, and then I have a business to run. Good luck doing that. I mean, they're just fried. I've talked to Mm -hmm. a couple; they're just fried. Well, the
1: other thing that got added in since I started, technology got thrown at us. So now it's the internet.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you mean like contacting Zoom? (laughs) (laughs) Before
1: you just had to get go to identifying where that number 3A was on the termite report. You know, you didn't have to <laughs> do a Facebook ad or a, I mean, <laughs> I it is being online, but it's also very time consuming. Luckily we had a lag last year and I had some time to actually learn it, but it was frustrating. And I was frankly pissed. I'd rather be selling real estate and talking to people than sitting in front of a computer.
0: Yeah. yeah. I, I the, the, the technology parts
1: Always a challenge, you know. Yeah, but if you notice these agents that are just like, oh, they're heavy hitters and all that, and they're really good with technology, that's not actually true. There's three of them. There's a there's a ghost there somewhere doing that stuff for them with all these guys. So they right. see hot shots. It's because they got a tech person behind them.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I, know, I know a handful of agents that have that, and they're more than happy to pay them what they're worth.
2: Yeah, the people who who try to go it alone they end up ne- you know stuck between a rock and a hard place i mean our our job is to you know know the people and know the properties and let somebody else do the tech yeah
1: yeah if
2: you feel it's necessary yeah
1: the other thing too with the market moving so fast is having it read the reports so quickly and gather a bunch of information about a property before an offer is due. That kind of pace is a pretty loss. risky. Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy.
0: I, I know that Robert hates it, but oh well, welcome to the new market.
1: What does Paul have to say about the market? He doesn't come to the, the broker tour meetings because I guess he won't do the Zoom. So we don't get to hear his weekly market opinion.
0: Yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen him for a while.
2: Well, <laughs> Paul says the same thing he's always said about the market.
0: <laughs> You're right, Kurt. <laughs> uh,
2: people die and people have babies and people do that <laughs> and people
0: die. Oh, gosh. <laughs>
1: cool. Yeah, we, I don't even know if meetings will be that big. I, are we all going to even meet in person anymore? I don't know hope that, that hasn't gone away.
2: Oh, Ever? Yeah. Yeah, I Yeah, we will, but probably <laughs> probably not when Bill and I are still doing real estate. <laughs> yeah, you know,
0: so well, that, that's a good topic. Re- remember the day when you'd get an offer and the agent insisted on presenting it to your seller, you know? Mm-hmm. Some sellers will go, oh, I don't, I don't know, I I don't do that kind of stuff. And some, oh yeah, okay, fine. They just kind of and I tell them, okay, just sit there, nod your head, don't say anything, just take it all in. And, you know, some agents are very good at, it. you know, they're very persuasive and you know, have a good rap and a good story. And, you know, then they fill in all the blanks. We don't do that anymore. You just shoot mm-hmm. emails back and forth, bang, bang, boom, that's gone, man. That's so gone.
1: Wow. I presented an offer to a um, a seller because that was the thing that was what you did. This was years ago. It, yeah. Uh, whoa. And you could literally watch the his anger rise from the top of his chin to his forehead. He's <laughs> not happy. And I and and that was just what you did. And my my client was insistent that I and a. Mm -hmm. I'm glad he didn't get the house actually I didn't like the location so (laughs) it kind of worked out (laughs) but I don't want to present to other people's clients you never know what you're going to say what kind of relationship right on their toes and um I, I had a buyer call this week she wanted to know all about the property and I said do you have an agent she said yeah I'm just waiting for him to call me back and I said great have him call me click It was just, don't get, I don't want to, I don't want that minutiae. Just, you just, I like that. Just, you keep, you stay over there. I'll stay over here. I don't want to be in other people's business.
2: Well, the the thing that's developed that I think is interesting now is, is offer letters have become uh, a negative that, that um, I had a client, I wrote an offer last week, didn't get the the property, but um, the client wanted to write an offer letter. And, you know, in the back in the day, I was always telling them to, and I had to go, uh, okay, because, you know, there's this issue now of, of whether an offer letter gives uh, an unfair advantage or it uh, in some way, shape or form becomes a fair housing issue. Uh, by virtue of the picture, or the person's last name, or whatever it might be. Ooh, ooh! I never thought of that. Uh, well, it's coming up. I've, I've. The couple, some brokerages down in Monterey County are saying the seller has requested no offer letters. I've seen that in private remarks. That's interesting. Yeah, I never thought about the reason
1: until
0: you just brought it up.
1: You know, it used to be we weren't allowed to. Ha- we weren't allowed to have a picture, which you can understand the picture idea, right? Yeah. But then it was, I had a couple letters where the buyers wrote them and they really went on and on and on. And I went, oh, this is gonna hurt them. So what I started doing was just cutting down where they liked the house. And I would just excerpt that and put it in my offer letter to give them an idea of why the buyer was interested in their home. But more personal information. And I did, I presented, um, I had 11 offers on a short sale property in San Jose in 2013 and Ooh. one of the offers he threw a picture of himself and his girlfriend and it clearly indicated uh, things about them that he didn't like and she didn't look at their offer.
0: Oh really?
1: Yeah. <coughs> and I'll never forget that and when, that, when it all came up that we weren't allowed to have letters anymore I was like oh I remember that kitchen table. Yeah. And yeah. Parents, yeah she was checking the the last names and
0: okay, I'm confused. Are we allowed to have letters or not? Not
1: really. Check the it's, check the it, page of the fair housing disclosure. It's like three-quarters of the page down and read that paragraph, then it basically says you shouldn't be doing it.
2: Yeah, it's discouraged. <laughs> okay. I, I talked to Robert about it and he said, you know, we're still evaluating it, and they haven't given us any directions. So um, but if you if you look at the legal q&a or or you know on the car website it says it's discouraged um the seller the seller has to make the decision because the seller is the controlling entity here but they suggest that you recommend to the seller that they not accept offers
1: offer letters
2: um offer letters excuse me okay so
1: well, that's a good idea, actually. Just saying to the seller, you may get offer letters, but you. I still don't want pictures, and I tell people no pictures. Yeah. I, I think. Yeah. That takes or gives. Information, but you know they don't even have any time. Like, so when we used to have broker tour, you would go and you would talk to that agent and you would tell them hey I got a buyer coming through and then on that open house you had a chance to meet that buyer and you you could give the seller a bit of a profile of that person too and then that mm-hmm. idea of who's buying their home who's gonna be their new neighbor and you know I kind of liked that process and when I got to meet the client I always felt a little bit more comfortable especially if they wrote a pretty crappy offer I mean it didn't hurt them if I got to meet them or if their agent was kind of bad for them up front, some of that interface. So now the letter is kind of the the only place you get to find out about how the agent is going to proceed on their offer. That's how I put I, so my own offer letter in. And, and then the buyer gives an idea of who they are. I mean, really the seller doesn't have a whole lot to go on, his, how is how's this gonna go?
2: Right. Right. Well, in an open house where the where the buyer comes through. I mean, it's one thing when you put together an offer letter and, you know, it's like writing a resume and I've looked at lots of great resumes over the course of my career and hired people that turned out to be a train wreck. So, you know, it's the same thing when somebody comes into an open house, the offer letter may have been great, but they walk in and you just get a real sense that this person's going to be a challenge.
1: Yeah. And you do need to warn your seller because you've been told.
2: Mm-hmm. Or, or the agent
0: that's bringing the offer is a challenge.
2: Yeah.
0: And we, we all we all have our little favorite list. And boy, if you see that person's name, it's like, aye, ay, ay, ay. you know? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, Bill. <laughs> no names, no names.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I've become more fond of everybody over the years. I think the newer agents for me are harder just because I don't know their style. Sometimes they're a little forward and I'm used to us having a little bit more of a customary dance. And
0: Uh that's true.
1: um, They're just, you know, cut to the chase and this is what we're doing. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, no romancing here. We're just getting right into it. Um, Where when we talk, you know, people that have known each other for a while, we kind of catch up a little bit kind of get a sense of what's going on and then, you know, kind of start getting it and negotiate. So it's just a different style. I get it, but that's kind of where my rub is. But see, I sound like an old, old guy here.
0: Yeah, (laughs) I'll trade you in a second. (laughs) So Michelle in your podcast here, what else are you trying to accomplish from the wisdom of, of Kurt and I?
1: No wisdom from you and Kurt. Hmm. No. Uh, here's okay. what I'm trying to do, and this is the overall goal of the podcast: is to humanize realtors. We get bad wraps. We got, we got one that flew. To, oh, running out of time. What does this mean? Oh, really? Uh, yeah. that's only a possibility. Okay. If it happens, we'll just uh, we'll stop this one. And we'll start again. And we'll start again. Yeah. Sorry yeah. that. More than two people. Okay. So what do I do? Press um, the little ribbon? If you want to, uh, I don't know how much longer you want to go, but if
0: you want to keep going, just, yeah, we'll close it out. Okay. Keep keep talking or whatever. And when it gets to keep an
2: eye on his and if it's like a minute or two, just be like, hey, we're going to stop uh, in the meeting and then have everybody join in like a minute or two after. Okay. Sorry. I know that's a huge pain. But it costs like 500 bucks a month. to get out. Oh, God. No, yeah, no. right?
1: Um, <laughs> so the whole goal of the podcast is... To, again, make realtors, uh, the professionals that we are, kind of bring that out. I feel like we get kind of villainized. Like I said, the, uh, the agent that you know flew to the Capitol, um, <laughs> that didn't help us. It did not help us because there's always that one out there. Uh, There was one recently in San Diego making racist comments and he got fired right away, but that stuff makes news. Bad behaving realtors makes news. And it's just kind of my passion to bring out all the people that do a really good job in this industry or have a lot of compassion for their colleagues and their community and care about people because there's a lot of us to do. I have this little patchwork of all these realtors that, you know, I just love and, 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 and some sometimes, sometimes when people say bad things about another one, I get a little offended because I'm like, I like that person. You might have a tiff with them, but they're they're part of my whole little community that you know I love and want to support. That's the overarching goal. But the other one is just to have conversations like we were really talking about this offer letter. And that's a really good example of a buyer who tunes in, or maybe even a seller, for them to get a, a real good perspective on what that means on the other side of the fence. Because we have this little world that we are in, and the consumers just kind of come through it and out the other side, but they don't see all the stuff that we see. And I think that helps give them perspective. So if the seller says, I want to see letters, well, they've listened today, they know they can, they can say, I want to see letters. And then it doesn't matter what rule or any what anybody says, if they want a letter, they're gonna get a letter. And if a buyer wants to write one, now they know maybe why they can't or why it may not be shown. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm trying to do. And talking to brokers. I had uh, Pam Samuelson on um talking about Deanza and the Deanza Park because that's the mobile home park there of Delaware. Oh yeah yeah you look puzzled but i know you took a lot of calls for that on floor calls uh on bailey right we all did um you know that whole uh what how does that park work just kind of the whole behind the scenes of what it's like to be an agent in there and 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 dealing with the management in there she likes it she gave a really good good perspective on that that's the goal
0: michelle i think one thing that um people don't realize consumers until they are in the trenches with us. How many professions do you know that you can name that give away everything free? What I I mean by that is a buyer or a seller calls you up and we all spill our guts on the information that we know about our industry because you're trying to grab that client. An yep. attorney, I'm uh, um, three hundred bucks an hour. The uh, doctors, da 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 da. CPA is this. They don't give any information or a very little bit
2: mm-hmm. until
0: the clock starts ticking. But realtors, what do you need? And we know, and what what they need, we know everything about. I mean, we can practically fix a broken arm and do dental work, but also sell your home because we know somebody that knows somebody. Our 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 wealth of peoples in our industry to fix, repair, counsel, advise, and so on. Realtors have their people in their little bag of tools, you know, and we're so willing to give it away. And I think once people grasp that, they go, "Oh, you know what, this guy is worth two and a half percent, you know, or whatever, you know, I think a lot of Consumers at the beginning go, God, you guys make so much darn money. It seems so easy. It sells in a couple of days. You just do some paperwork and blah, blah, blah. You get a commission check. Well, it ain't really like that until they get in the trenches. So I think that's, we, we are one industry where we just give it all away right on day one. Oh, well, that's the way it goes.
1: I don't give away so much anymore. And I don't give referrals to the people who work with me unless they signed me up, signed somewhere. <laughs>
0: Well, I, yeah. I,
1: my role Dex anymore. <clears throat> so. mm-hmm.
0: But I mean, if somebody called you and said, oh, Michelle, I got, I got a problem with uh, a water heater. Do you know a plumber? Of course you're going to tell them a plumber. You're going to tell them a person you know or a roofer or uh, tell me about this uh, Prop 19 thing. Well, you should talk to so-and-so, the CPA, blah, blah, blah. That's what I mean by the outcome kind of those.
1: You can listen off a few. I might have them call you. There you go. <laughs> funny stories how many how many minutes we got? I need funny stories. Come on, Billy. you always have a good one.
0: Funny story hmm. <laughs> Well, never judge a book by its cover. What I mean by that is somebody that walks in the door floor time, which we don't do anymore, open houses, whatever. you know we all kind of size somebody up, and I gave that up a long time ago. I go you're not going to figure these people out. They could have all the money in the world, or they could be BSing you and you get both kinds. Mm -hmm. But you got to be careful when you start sizing people up. Uh, I'm not coming up with a story for you, but um, over the years coming across clients that are just wonderful people, just wonderful, wonderful people. And You know, you speak of networking, which I have to admit, I'm not very good at. I just get lazy. And all of a sudden, 15 years later, the phone rings or you get an email and it's this old client. You go, wow, thanks for calling, man. I appreciate it. Oh, we talk about you all the time, Bill, blah, blah, blah. And away you go on the next transaction. And you thought you'd never hear from them. And that's what makes it worthwhile. That's what makes it worthwhile when it it, it comes back to you like that.
2: So go, Kurt, tell us the drunkard story. Okay. So back in the days of the great recession, when properties were going into foreclosure on a regular basis, I was working with uh, an investor that would buy properties on the courthouse steps. They bought a, a condo in live oak and the occupant was the owner who was a raging alcoholic uh blind drunk by noon every day i'd go over and try to explain to him that he had to get out of the house and he didn't even comprehend he had a roommate who was a kind of a gangbanger guy that i think was probably a meth addict and um then so you know we're trying to get it done <clears throat> get it done. And, and the owner's just totally resistant and clueless. Then I get a call one day from the gangbanger roommate. And he says, Oh, so-and-so died last night. I came home and found him dead. And, you know, my thought was, well, I guess it'll be a little easier to get the place vacated now. And uh, we ended up negotiating. There's a, something called cash for keys that you, you both know about. Uh, we knew, negodi- negotiated a cash for keys agreement with with the gangbanger, and um, so we got a number. We got you know the form. He's ready to move out and hand me the keys, and I say, you know, I've got a check for you here, and he says, Oh, I can't take a check. I don't have a bank account. So. Uh, I don't remember what the amount was. It was a thousand, fifteen hundred bucks, something like that. So I'm, you know, trying to get him out. So I said, all right, I tell you what, I'll I'll go to the bank and get out my cash.
1: Robert Bailey, close your ears.
2: Where should I meet you? And he wants to meet at the McDonald's on 41st Avenue. And you know, I so I go over to B of A and, and pull out my cash. And I meet him, and so I'm standing in front of the McDonald's hanging, handing this guy cash in an envelope, you know, and he's got tats all over and droopy pants and, and a flannel shirt. And I'm thinking to myself, there, there's a cop in the parking lot filming this whole thing. I am going down for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but it didn't happen. We got him out, sold it in three days. Oh my god! Wow! Wow! <clears throat> we don't see too many of those cash for keys agreements anymore. Oh, please don't bring back those days. That was I don't awful.
1: know, I just I did one last November we just did one. Yeah, there's it's there's still out there. It was it was. Yeah, yeah
2: yeah
0: yeah 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 yeah. That's
1: scary. Somebody.
0: Well, it could. You know what? With all this COVID bullshit, it could happen again.
2: Yeah. 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 Economics. Economics. I mean, I know it's happening in other parts of the country. Uh, I know in the Midwest and uh, the Rust Belt, there's a lot of foreclosures Yeah.
1: Well.
2: in process.
1: I did go on a listing appointment a couple weeks ago. I wasn't really good at picking up on the signals until I got home or the next day. I, they really couldn't afford the property anymore. They had equity, but they needed to sell. They didn't have any money left. Oh. I was freaking, you know, mm-hmm. it's been a while. I kind of lost my radar on that. You know, but I realized later I was like, "Oh, they're selling because they don't have any money." You know, and that's yeah, what the money is. It wasn't their first time. I think. Yeah. I,
0: I think there's going to be some fallout from all this COVID stuff that we have not even figured out yet. Sure.
2: Man, oh man, I think you're going to see it with older people, particularly because all, you know all they're all part of the.
1: Well, there are.
2: How old, man? Uh <laughs> <laughs>
1: what are you trying to tell me? Know,
2: <laughs> Fifty or older. Oh, people, people are not as employable. You know, when when unemployment rises, older people are the ones that lose it first. Yeah. yeah. And I think we're going to see a lot of that, and, you, and you're going to see people with equity and who are saying, okay. Proposition 19 will do me some good. I can go, you know, if you can go elsewhere in California and find something affordable. A lot of the people, a lot of older people that I've talked to that are leaving because of costs are leaving the state, so.
1: Yeah. It's not all COVID, though. It's Some of it's just poor planning.
2: Well, sure. But, you know, that... (laughs) Not everybody is an excellent planner <laughs> and unforeseen things come up.
1: They do. And hopefully we can work with people who are trying to figure out what their next move is. We can get to them before they don't have a choice. And that's the most heartbreaking part. Mm-hmm. They have to move. and you support that Family member. And we're shoving them out of their house because finances. That's, and that that doesn't have anything to do with COVID. It just has to do with how, how things got set up. But well, geez, on that note, that was a funny story. And then we just went downhill really quick.
0: <laughs> okay, let's lighten it up. You know, Michelle, just some, some uh, comments on the industry over the decades that I think we've all observed that are, are interesting to me as far as human nature goes. For example, the things that have accelerated in tastes of homes, okay, the colors, the cabinets, the countertops, the flooring, uh, the furniture, et cetera, et cetera, it just, I mean, you have gray cabinets and quartz countertops and uh, the new hardwood floors that snap together and blah, blah, blah. Whoop, next year they're tearing it out and putting new stuff in because it ain't. Anymore. It is so weird to me. I mean, if you came into my house, mine is so vanilla. I mean, I got my old oak cabinets, my old oak floors, my granite counters, you know, ga, 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 ga. my aluminum windows, whatever. But it all works. You know, it's not failing. I but too, right? nature, they, they gotta have the latest and greatest. You, you, you see a grandma house come up for sale that is in mint condition. The tile is perfect. You know, the linoleum's perfect. The chrome is perfect. But it's old fashioned. Tear it out. People are weird. They just can't live with the the, the stuff that's good. They gotta have the latest and greatest. It just is interesting to watch that go by.
1: You know, I have talked to some buyers over the years. They said, you know, we moved in. It worked. We didn't change a thing. They thought they were gonna change. Yeah or maybe that's what they were being told they should do
0: or well you know what the, the especially on first-time home buyers we're, we're old guys but I give this advice all the time you get a, a buyer that's young couple whatever they're in escrow they've already remodeled it up here you know oh we're gonna do this and we're gonna change that push this out blah 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 and I said let me give you the best advice I can ever give you move in live with it for a year or two eight, you know, year and a half, whatever, then decide really that you want to do those things. Because a lot of people go in day one, they start tearing stuff apart. And then a year later, they go, God, I wish I wouldn't have done that. I didn't think that out very well. Yeah. yeah. So just ease into it first time home buyer, because you'll muck it up if you do. <laughs>
1: well, the other part of that too is how you live in it. You may tear out a wall that you went, oh, that actually did serve a purpose.
0: <laughs> yeah exactly <clears throat> or and then of course it costs twice as much as you think it does but oh well anyway that's just a little tiny thing
1: well, i think that's I think that's good i really appreciate you guys coming on and helping me out and
2: no problem are you gonna apply cat filters to our faces and
1: yeah you have no idea <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, I like your uh, desk, Michelle. That's pretty cool.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, well, this is a studio. It's, I I am hiring this service to come in. this. I like podcasts. That's where I'm. my head's always at. I'm always listening to them. But I've just been listening to so much chatter in real estate. And I understood, too, the buyers and sellers really wanted to get some information on their own. But I know they get a lot of bad information. So the idea is to help help them navigate so I got really interested in this, in interviewing people that I respect and uh, like to talk to, and have have good advice. I won't be having anybody on here that's full of hot air. Well, I probably have one or two at the end of it. <laughs>
0: wow, we made the cut, Bill. Wow, I'm feeling good, man. Feeling
1: good. <laughs> <laughs> I actually just wanted to, you know, I've had, I, like I said, I had the stage on. It was a little dry. She wants to re-record it. Um. And then I had my broker on, and good guy, but he just kind of got going a little much, and we didn't get some some real content that I think people yeah will be
2: yeah.
1: But I really appreciate your time, and I'll have you on again probably if I can find you at the end of the summer, so we can see where, where our predictions went. That might be kind of interesting.
0: Yeah, that'd that's be right. Interesting to see it all go
2: by in the next few months. <coughs> it's a <laughs> wild ride.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: And we may be looking back at this and saying, those were the good old days.
1: Oh my goodness. Wow. Yesterday I said, you know, I think it's like every day we wake up to a new market. We used to wake up every couple months or even leave, but it seems like every day it just shifts just a little bit. That's
0: for sure.
1: Wow. But thank you guys.
2: Okay, okay thank you, you. Kurt, see you see you Billy good time to see your face for a change
0: there you go man we'll get together
1: hey thank you for listening if you want to talk more find me on live the on YouTube on Twitter on Facebook on LinkedIn or give me